Welcome, everybody. This is the State News Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John LeBlanc, sports editor of the State News. Today, we're going to talk about a little men's basketball, talk about tonight's game between MSU and Indiana. And we're going to talk a little NFL championship games we got with the New England Patriots and Jacksonville Jaguars, and then the Vikings and Eagles this Sunday. With me in studio today, we got Casey Harrison, men's basketball beat reporter, and his colleague, and my uh, underling, per se, maybe, my basketball beat reporter, Michael wow. Dude. How are you guys doing today? Well, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't. I try to. I try to. Come on, it, John. I try to make it so. I don't know. I sometimes I can't word. I can't speak. It's, Words it's, are, speaking is hard at times. I it it can yeah. be. We're supposed to like be professionally trained and know how to speak, but everybody has those days. No, college this, kids. This, this is a, this is a podcast, and we're in college. Let's let's relax a little bit. <laughs> Nothing has to be like so formal. Um, that you know, I'm actually let's let's vote to make this the roast LeBlanc podcast. Um, I I do not agree with that. I he gets roasted enough in the office. He gets I get roasted enough in life. He's squirming right now. I got roasted roasted enough and roasted enough in life. I've been pretty much <laughs> since I was two years old. I've been roasted, so I'm just used to it at this point. There's just bring it at me. I don't care. Uh, you know what? And instead of just losing complete cabin pressure, I think we should, you know, <laughs> go on to our talking points of the podcast. We don't want to, you know, limit the the ten people that listen to us. We don't want to yeah, ruin their already probably <laughs> bad days. Um, so, John, why don't you take us into what you want to talk about first? Uh, what I want to talk about, obviously, Michigan State losing two of their last three games: one on the road against Ohio State, and then home against uh, in-state rival Michigan. Just want to kind of get what are you guys seeing from this team? Why are they not? Up to, up to the number one team in the nation, not a top five team in the nation, obviously dropping down to number nine. What has kind of maybe been their demise as of late? What is not, what's not clicking for the Spartans? Um, you know, I guess I'll go first. Um, I, I think that you've really seen a, a difference in the level of competition that they're playing. Uh, Michael brought it up, and it was a really good point in our mailbag, which you guys should ask questions to. Um, but... You know, this this isn't Savannah State. This isn't Cleveland State anymore. Um, you know, you're playing Big Ten teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Maryland. Um, and, and those teams, one, they're a lot more f- familiar with, you know, Tom as those schemes. Um, but they also, you know, they're better defenses. They know how to read better. Um, and that's a big difference. Not saying that Michigan State should be winning every game, you know, by 20, 30, 40, 50 like they were um, against those mid-majors. But... You know, one, they, they've started to learn how to double-team Nick Ward, um, and, and I think that's a crucial aspect of MSU's offense right now um, because, you know, whenever they can't get something done in transition, um, it, it seemed like they would just plug and chug, you know, hand it off to Nick Ward. He, he'd get it no problem. Um, and Michael made a really good point in the mailbag that, you know, he Ward isn't making as great decisions as he was, you know, at the beginning of the season. And, and, you know, that, that just becomes, a, a, you know, that's a part of being double teamed and not being used to it. Um, that was the big difference, I think, in Ohio State. I think uh, Michigan really predicated on that as well. Um, and, and Rutgers even tried to do it, but Rutgers doesn't have the type of athletes <laughs> right, right. to, to take Rutgers. it away as effectively <laughs> as Ohio State and Michigan did. Um, you know, I, I think second to this team, you know, when – another team kind of punches them in the mouth, they fold up, they go away. That I saw that with the team last year, um, and, you know, a, a lot of Michigan State fans probably hope that that won't, you know, be a continuing theme as the season goes on. Um, 
And then the other thing I think is just kind of a cold streak. You know, everybody has a slump in the middle of the season. We're in the middle of January, for crying out loud. Um, and, you know, Cassius Winston was shooting like 60-some percent from three. You know, that's that's an un- unsustainable rate. Um, Josh Langford was really good for mid- mid-range. You know, teams notice that. They start to take him out of the equation a little bit more. The bench, you know, the bench was contributing maybe 30, 40 points a night. Obviously, against mid-majors, that, that's a really big deal. Um, but, you know, uh, against Big Ten teams, they're not going to be able to, to sustain that. And it just seems like they have to get back to the drawing board and kind of revamp themselves in the middle of the season. Yeah, basically, they're playing better defenses. And with that, their offense has become more stagnant recently. And I kind of have something I want to bring up to you, bring up to you guys. When I look at this roster, and this is just my opinion, or my like, you know, observations, it doesn't seem like they have too many shot shot creators that can break mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. their defenders like one on one at the top off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Against Michigan, it looked like you know Michigan's guards, Xavier Simpson, um, Abdul Rahman, like they were breaking down their guys off the dribble at the top one on one, getting to the rim, and that was one of the issues that Izzo brought up after the game. Our one-on-one defense wasn't good. Um, so aside from Wagner going crazy, I mean, getting a curry high, like, it, it really seemed like, you know, Michigan, their guards were penetrating. They were collapsing their defense. And when I watch Michigan State play, it seems like, you know, maybe Winston is, like, the only guy that can really break down a defense with, a, like, being a threat to score. Like, Tom Tom, he's quick. He can break down a defense. But, you know, opposing defenses don't look at him as a scoring threat. Um, Bridges, he's obviously so talented, uber-talented, but – He's still, I feel like he still maybe needs to work on, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but maybe he needs to work on his one-on-one breaking guys down. Do you guys, do you guys see that? I see that. See yeah, I see that a little bit also. And it's just, I think something that goes into that, maybe especially late in the game, this is just me, you know, spouting stuff out here, but maybe he, like, Bridges, or Izzo wants Bridges to be more of a jerk. He needs to have, I feel like Bridges maybe needs to have more of that killer instinct, especially late in the game, be like, because he's such a team player. He wants everybody to get involved. He needs to be more... Give me the ball and I'm gonna go to work. Let me take over the team real quick for the last like two or three minutes, two, three, five minutes, and let me put this team on my back or something. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I think he did that a little bit in Michigan. Yeah, I um, I agree with that. I saw that a little bit in Michigan. I right. definitely saw that a little bit. You, in you saw him and you saw Jaron Jackson do it. I agree. And and when Nick Ward is taken out of the offense the way he did, that those are the two guys that you need. But I, I would even argue to say that I would like to see Cassius Winston step up a little bit more, yeah. um, take on a little bit more of that traditional point guard role that, that you know, Denzel Valentine did. And, you know, how not even a traditional is a point guard, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. how, how a point guard is kind of like the quarterback in basketball. Just just take reign. And, and especially because if Miles isn't going to be here next year, I, I think, you know, Cassius is the next guy to stand up. Mm-hmm. You talk about Ward, maybe leaving next year as well and if he leaves and Cassius definitely is going to have to step up oh yeah definitely um so moving on from the offense to Spartans troubles going into tonight's game against Indiana um the Hoosiers are tied with fourth in the Big Ten with uh, Indiana right now um which I or with Michigan State excuse me which honestly if you asked me at the beginning of the season or if you asked any of us at the beginning of the season I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be saying that but what are you guys kind of looking at today's game for Indiana or tonight's game yeah I mean, Indiana, they've been playing really well as of late. Um, obviously, them and the Spartans are trending in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. They won their last three. They, they held Northwestern at 28.6 overall shooting percentage, um, forced them to commit 17 turnovers. Um, overall, I think that um, it's going to be 
usually this would be easy. I would say usually this would be an easy game for the Spartans, but with how they've been playing recently, you just never know. Um, but I, I expect them to write the ship starting with today's game. I, I think, you know, Tom Lizzo always says he scripts the first four plays of every game. Um, and then after that, it's just, you know, how, how the, the momentum kind of shifts itself. I, I could really see this game um, predicating itself early on fast break offense. Um, I, I think that's probably the key that they want to establish early, um, getting a rhythm that will kind of break down um, Indiana's offense. But, you know, I, I really like the job that Archie Miller's done in his first year here. Um, the picking up the pieces of what Tom Crean wasn't able to do. Um, I think Tom Crean was a really good recruiter, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, the, the state – of Indiana basketball after Bobby Knight left, um, you know, almost like a blue blood, not not exactly there. I would almost equate it to Michigan State. Um, you know, Archie Miller's done a really good job his first year, um, the, and it, it really sucks that that one guy, uh, what was his name, the, the who had to go down with the Achilles injury. Uh, oh, Deron Davis. Yeah, I, I mean, he was a really big part of their offense. Um, you know. It, it always sucks when a starter goes down. Right, right. That derails things a little bit. Um, but I, I don't really think Michigan State should have too much of a problem uh, with Indiana. You know, on paper, this is a game Michigan State definitely should win. Um, it, I could see Michigan State winning from anywhere between 10 and 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I'm, 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 I'm with you. And I spoke with Jake Thomer. Uh, he's um, – Indiana Student Dailies, their student publications. He's their uh, men's hoops beat reporter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting back to the Deron Davis uh, point with him being injured, he talked about Justin Smith um, being inserted into the starting lineup. He could possibly give the Spartans some trouble, um, some problems. You know, he had 20 in his first start. He's a freshman. He had 20 in his first start against, um, I believe it was Minnesota, and they won that game. Um, so he's, he's definitely a guy to look out for. But overall, I'm with you, Casey. I feel like if Michigan State, they should write the ship with this one, and they should win in double. They their, their win should be in double digits. Yeah, I you know looking at their starting lineup right now, um, I I don't really see you know they they don't have a, a set go-to score. It seems like it's split between Juwan Morgan and Robert Johnson. Um, and as long as I think you take one of those guys out of the mix, that definitely makes scoring a lot tougher for them. Um, and so you know I. I Final score prediction, you know, it might not be right. I would go probably Michigan State, mm, 84, and let's go Indiana, 68. Well, I'll go Michigan State, 85, Indiana, 69. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's like the price is right when someone outfits you by a dollar. You're like, you son of a gun. I'll go, I'll throw my score in there. I don't know if any of you care because I'm just, you know, here to – the goals, but um, I will say Michigan State 75, and I'll go Indiana 68. I think it might be a little bit closer just because of the recent struggles. I think this this six-day break in between games will definitely might give them a little bit of a breath, a little bit of a little bit of, little bit of time for Izzo to kind of get his guys in shape. I think it, I think it's time to you know it gives them time to sit and like sit in their emotions. You know, mm-hmm. they're coming off a bad loss against a rival. And they have a whole week to let that sink in. Um, you know, sometimes you just want to get right to the road or, you know, right to the next game after a sour loss. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, that loss really kind of sat poorly with them. 
And so to, to sit in that and to use that as motivation, I think they're going to want to come out as much as possible and hit Indiana, you know, in the mouth as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we'll talk. That's it for today. Previewing today's matchup. Next up, we'll preview this week's NFL Conf- championship conference games between the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles, and the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the State News Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John LeBlanc. And now we're going to talk about the NFL Championship Conference games this weekend between with the Vikings and Eagles on Fox kicking off at 640 and the Pats and Jags is kicking off three hours before that at, on CBS. Obviously, four of the greatest teams in the NFL right now. Um, you got the Vikings coming off a miracle win. Just an, It was just an amazing win to see them over the Saints. Stephon, that Stephon Sticks touchdowns, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that... That gave me goosebumps. That made, that made me that made me scream a little bit. I won't lie. I was I was big mad after that play. <laughs> I was big mad. Like again after the Alabama the Alabama play and that happens. Like what's mm-hmm. going on in college football right now? Like what? I'll just stop talking. Just talking. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> having two basketball reporters talk about football, um, you know, th- that's an interesting format for a podcast, but. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to really see much of that Vikings game. Um, obviously, I saw the last play. Yeah. Um, and I mean that. I mean that 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 should probably go down as one of the greatest you know NFL playoff games ever. Yeah. Um, especially in the way that it ended like that. Um, I did get to see a, a good portion of the Eagles and Falcons. Um, you know, I think the Falcons were the better team in that game. Definitely, I agree. Um, and it's really it's if I'm an Eagles fan. This is a really good run for my team. Um, I mean, you know, Carson Wentz goes down, and then you have Nick Foles step up. Um, you know, I think the Vikings have a really good chance to run the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are starting to see now that Jacksonville isn't isn't just pretend. I mean, they're for real. Yeah, they're for um, real. Th- that defense is scary good. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots. I, I, Patriots should put Jacksonville away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... So should have Pittsburgh, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a theme this entire season. Um, can Blake Bortles do it again? That's that's a really big question. Yeah. Um, the the New England eight and a half point favorite uh, on the spread. I I don't know. That that seems a little too high that's, for me. Yeah, that seems um, too, that seems too high, especially with the Patriots run defense. They're t- they're twentieth in the NFL against the Jacksonville against the Jack- Jacksonville rushing attack with Leonard Fournette. I mean, and they're number one. They're number one in the NFL. I and that linebacking core for the Patriots is shot. As soon as you get to the, as soon as Fournette can break the first level and get to the second level, he he can run all the way through to the end zone. I mean that. I mean, we have there's decent safeties. Safeties with Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung, you know, be able to go in and maybe deliver big hits. But I I see Fournette just running all over that Patriots Pats defense. And personally, as a Patriots, I'll admit it, I'm a little bit of a Patriots buff boy. Um, <laughs> A but little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I'm scared for Sunday. I Because, I mean, if you combo with Leonard Fournette's playing, uh, running ability, the fact that the Jacksonville defense is god-awfully scary. I mean, that. other than the Vikings, they're the best, in my opinion, they're the best defense in the NFL. I, you know, as somebody, because I don't really watch the NFL too much, um, you know, wake me up once the playoffs start. And, you know, I, I could really care less about the NFL regular season. Um, but I, I think it's good for the NFL if the Patriots lose. Parody. Yes, yes. yes. It, it's something that you haven't really seen in the NFL in a while, and personally, that's why I lost interest um, because of the lack of parity. 
Um, and you see that in other sports, not just in the NFL. You see that in other sports also, like in the NBA right now. It's I'm just really the Cavs and Warriors. Like I'm just sitting there, like, okay, just wake me up when the finals start. Like right, I don't, right. I don't care about the pl- like at this point. It's like, okay, maybe this year, maybe the Celtics, or maybe the Thunders, the Rockets, or something like something like that. And maybe that'll get me interested. But like, this is like, wake me up when the finals start because I know who's going to be there at the end. Exactly. Um, you know, and going back to the line, I, I think the eight and a half points for New England is a little generous. I would take New England probably by a touchdown, um, and then going to the Vikings Eagles, especially since the Eagles are at home. I think that helps them out tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Minnesota three point favorite, I, I I'll go with that. I'll bite on it. Yeah, I'll bite on it too, just because they've been they're gonna be coming in hot. I mean, scorching hot after that walk-off win against the Saints. The, the crazy thing, too, is that Case Keenum will, will most likely be ready. And then there's talks about, uh, is it Sam Bradford? Is that? Yeah, Sam Bradford. Yeah, Sam Bradford. And even Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> you know, the fact that you're getting really deep at that quarterback position. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that gives you the luxury of having three. You know, I, I would probably put Sam Bradford as the, the lesser uh, yep. Of the three, agreed. Um, but you know, if if Case Keenum just starts to get slow at all, um, you know they they can pull a, a Nick Saban and and just pull <laughs> their quarterback in the middle of a game exactly. and, and go for Teddy Bridgewater. And, I mean, he's built his own track record of you know being a reliable quarterback. Uh, so you know, I, I like the Vikings' chance in this one. Predictions and scores from both games from you guys. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go Vikings twenty eight. Um, Eagles 25. I don't even know how you get 25 points <laughs> in football. And then I'll go Patriots mm, 35, and I'll go Jags 28. I'll go Vikings 20, Eagles 17. I'll go Pats. Uh, let's see. I'll go Pats 28 and Jags 23. I'll go. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Vikings. I'm gonna go Vikings 27. I'm gonna go Eagles 17. I don't think Nick. I mean, yes, the Eagles' defense. The Eagles' defense itself is not that bad, and they are at home, which gives them a huge advantage. But I, Nick Foles is a quarterback. I mean, I he had a twenty-seven. He threw for twenty-seven touchdowns and two picks in one season. But that he's not that anymore. He can he can run the he can go through the ropes, go through the chains, go through the movements. But against this Viking again against this Vikings D, even at Philly, I don't I don't see that I don't see him having that much success. Um, and then Patriots, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Patriots Jackson. I'm still gonna have the Patriots win. You can call me a buff boy or whatever for thinking that, but whatever. Um, I think it's gonna be 31-28. I think Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia are really good at taking away the top option for the opposing team, um, making so even though, but they haven't really. It's just the run. The run. I'm just gonna say the run just straight up scares me. Leonard Fournette's a beast. They have T.J. Yeldon. As a backup, who isn't who in himself isn't that bad. He's a, he gives him like a passing option, be able to do you know half back toss, half back toss, half back screen, stuff like that. But I think Patriot, it's the Patriot way. They'll find, just do your job. They find a way to win. So that's that's our final scores predictions. Again, I've passed thirty one Jags twenty eight. That's it for us on the State News Sports Podcast. Listen again next week when we recap again more men's basketball and other happenings in the NFL and around sports. Thanks for watching.